morning. Take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. We're continuing our sermon series that we called Begin Again. We, we started it last week. And we're looking at some of the attributes of God uh, from the perspective of a child. And the reason why we're doing this is because Jesus said something uh, in the Gospels that's really interesting. They were bringing children to Jesus, and all the disciples were like, No, no, Jesus is too important. He's too busy. He can't do the thing, right? And so um, don't, you know, don't bother Jesus. And Jesus is like, No, 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 no. He didn't like that at all. And so he said this in Mark chapter 10, verse 15. He said, let the children come to me. And he said, assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Now say that verse with me in count of three. One, two, three. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. In other words, you've got to have a childlike faith, a childlike trust in God. Just like all those babies saw in me when I tried to hold them. Amen? No, 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 not like that. Right? We can be mature. We can be theological. And sometimes we can even be serious. But you must operate in the realm of faith in the way that a child has faith, the innocent faith of a child. Now, last year, while we, last year, last week, what we talked about was how children, I believe, are just innately, almost universally have trust in God, right? You don't almost have to even tell a child about God. They just believe in God, and they believe that God is a good. They believe that God loves them and that God is for them. Almost just until something happens, maybe a prayer goes unanswered or something happens or goes wrong. But most children, when they're small enough, when they're young enough, they just, in their very core, believe that God is good and God loves them and that God is for them. And then we get older and something happens. And so uh, today, I want to look at another kind of attribute of God. Uh, Look at this next slide, this big word. We've talked about this many times. Omnipresence. Now, what does omnipresence mean? It means that God is everywhere, that he's here, there, and yonder. He's with you. He's with me. He's everywhere. He's all over the world. God's in China. God's in West Tennessee this morning. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. But you know what a child would never say? Omnipresent. He would, a child would never say that. Omnipresent. Not on purpose. What would a child say? Look at this next line. God is with me. Say, it's not just a... In the big terms, God is everywhere in some abstract principle. God is everywhere. A child knows God is with me. They make it personal. Not just everywhere, but God is personally with me. And presence is important to a child. You remember, listen, if you take a child and you leave them home alone and the floorboard creaks, what are you going to have? A scared child, right? But if their big, bad, mean dad is home, Right? Their tough, tough dad is home and the floorboard creaks. They don't even notice it. Why? Because presence matters. When, when they're with their mom or they're with their dad, they feel safe and they're not as scared as they used to be. Right? You ever seen a guy that had a girlfriend and the girlfriend was one of those girls that usually gets guys in trouble because she'll do this a lot and it's almost like she's always trying to get him beat up? Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Why is she doing this and trying to get him beat up? Because she feels safe. Why? Because of presence, right? It's like maybe if you had a big brother or a big sister that would take up for you, right? And all of a sudden you felt six feet tall because you had a big brother who was six feet tall. 
presence is important. And when you understand that God is with you, that he's present with you, it makes a difference in your life. A kid isn't going to say, well, God is everywhere and he's here. No, a child is going to say, God is with me. And that makes a difference in my life. Now, the verse we're going to look at this morning is Isaiah 41, verse 10. God's word says, fear not. Why? For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He says, don't be afraid. I am with you. You don't have to be afraid when you have childlike faith that God is with you because God is good. God loves you. God is for you. And God is with you, really with you. And when you really believe that, that gives you the confidence to face whatever tomorrow might bring because you know God is with you and you know that God works all things together for good. You have real confidence like a child who says, my God is with me. Now, the problem this morning is last week we said, I had you look at your neighbor and I, wanted, I had you say, God is for me. And the truth is, many of you, when you say God is for me, you said it and you felt a little bit like a hypocrite because you didn't really believe it. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ did not send his son to die that cruel death on Calvary and to shed his blood so that you could be saved, redeemed, and forgiven and have a relationship with God so now to be against you and play little cosmic games in your life. God is for you. God is good. God loves you. God is for you. But many of you, you don't believe that God... Look at this next slide. You don't really believe that God is with you. Now, I was kidding around in the first service, and I said, I can tell by how you act. Amen. But that's not really the point that I'm trying to make with this. We don't really live in the confidence that God is really with me, that he is good, that he loves me, he's for me, and he is right here with me. You don't really believe it. And yeah, you'd give me a Sunday school answer, God is everywhere. You know, God is love or something or some big abstract term. But where the rubber meets the road, you don't really apply that to your life. You're not living in the moment by moment awareness. God is with you. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he gives you his spirit and you are no longer alone. See, the, the, the way this has worked through the centuries is different. In the Old Testament, now when God would be with somebody, it would literally mean like he would come alongside of them. Right? When God said, I'm in the Old Testament, when God said, I'm going to be with you, what he meant was, I'm on your side. I'm on your team. Don't be afraid. Hey, go into that land that I promised you, and I'm going to go with you. Right? I'm with you. I'm on your side. I'm on your team. Then later on in the New Testament, if you read the Christmas stories, Christmas is coming up. It's a good time to read the Christmas story. You'll find that Jesus, when he came, right, they, they called him what? Emmanuel, which means God with us. So it went from God being on my side to God being physically with me in the person of Jesus Christ. So God is with us. Then Christ went to the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection. Before he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he told his disciples, hey, if I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And so it went from God being beside us or on our side to God physically being present with us in the person of Jesus to literally God in us. Right? He sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. When we receive Christ, we get the Holy Spirit. God is literally dwelling in our hearts and in our lives. And when we understand that, that no matter what, God will never leave you nor forsake you. It changes everything. And so kind of the question, like, how can we... Well, look at this next slide. So if God is with us, how can we be with him? What I mean is some of us are living in denial. 
You're living as if God's not with you. You're living as if God's not good, God loves you, God's for you, and God's with you. Right? So how can you have a moment? How can you actually live in the awareness, God is with me right now? Well, it means a couple of things. Take some notes this morning. God is with me. That means, that number one, write this down, I can speak to God. You have access to the very throne room of God, but many of you are not taking advantage of this situation. You're not speaking to God. You don't talk to God. You need to pray. Prayer intimidates people. You just don't know how to do it. And somehow you feel like you're messing it up. I want to encourage you this morning that you really can't mess up praying to God. He knows your heart anyway, right? Scripture teaches us that. He knows who you are. And, many, and sometimes we're intimidated. Well, I don't want to pray the wrong thing. Friend, listen to me. I hear my heart on this. It'd be better for you to pray the wrong thing than to pray nothing. Because God knows you're thinking the wrong thing anyway. Right? Many of us, we just think we don't know how to pray, and so we don't pray. Somehow it intimidates us. And if you've been around a lot of Christians, and I, I mentioned this in the first service. I saw that it was like a meme. It wasn't a meme. It was a post that was going around on social media, and it was like, um, I, I don't remember the exact phrasing of it, but it said that I'm glad when God had a plan for my life, he factored in my stupidity. Right? And that's true, and that should make us feel really good. Like when God called me into the ministry, he knew how dumb I was. He knew what a knucklehead I was, you know? And so, and same thing with you. And God's plan for your life, he's factored in the fact that sometimes you don't know what to say. Right? You can come to him, and you can talk to him. And sometimes, if you've been around a lot of Christian people in prayer meetings, and sometimes us Christians, when we pray, we talk funny. Right? You know, you have somebody and they're like, all right, guys, let's pray. And, I just bow here. and then you start praying and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, father, thine, you know, and it's like their whole tone and tenor, everything changes. It's like, imagine praying like that. I mean, imagine if you're going through the drive through at McDonald's and you talk to the, the, the screen the way that you pray to God, right? Oh, McDonald's, <laughs> deliver unto thine servant a cheeseburger. <laughs> Deny me not those pickles. And Father, mayest thou have a large fry, for thou art an abundant golden arches. <laughs> Nobody talks like that. Right? Now listen, if, you, if, you, if you're one of those King James English pre, uh, praying people, fine. As long as you're sincere, you know what you're saying, and you're doing business with God, there's nothing wrong with using pretty language. Use it if you got it, and you're good at it, and you're sincere. But using pretty big words that don't mean anything to you sure don't mean anything to him. Just make sure that you're being honest and sincere. But sometimes I'm intimidated when other people pray. You'll get together and you'll pray with some people. And they're like, all right, brother, well, I'm going to lead us in prayer. I'll start us off. And they start praying, and they're really good at it. You ever been around those people? I mean, really good. Like, and they're praying, and they're going on and on and on and on and on. They're not even repeating themselves and everything. And, they're, and all the Bible verses they've ever memorized, and everything is coming out. And, blah, 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 and they just call heaven down. And then they're like, all right, brother, you go. And I'm just like, Lord, can I have that cheeseburger we talked about a minute ago? And, amen. I mean, it can, be, can, it can be intimidating sometimes to pray with other people. We don't know what to say, right? And so what I want to do is just encourage you. Something I've discovered in my life uh, in my walk with God. Look at what David said in Psalm 54, verse 2. David just prayed, Lord, hear my prayer. Give ear to the words of my mouth. He's like, I'm just talking to you. Hear me. 
And even as a pastor, I read about great theologians and pastors from you know, hundreds of years ago, and you find out about their life, and you want the, that, that secret sauce. How can I be a great man of God? How can I do big things for God? Let me see what this guy did. And you find out he woke up at 2 o'clock every morning and prayed for 10 hours before he even started his day. And then I start going, well, how can I be an okay guy for God? Right? I go from great, because I, I can't do that. I've never done that. I have extended times of prayer, but sometimes you can feel less than when you don't measure up spiritually to somebody, somebody else. It can make you feel guilty. And I don't think that's necessary. What I realize in my life, and what many of you probably do also, is I'm constantly praying. I pray all the time. I've probably prayed eight times since this worship service started. And I shoot up little, I call them text messages to God. I shoot up just little messages uh, that, um, and they're not deep theological things. It's not in some flowery language. I'm just asking God to help me. Like, for example, look at this next slide. You know, hey God, like a situation. God, what do you want me to do about this? God, what am I supposed to do about this? Look at this next one. You know, God, I could really use your strength right now. You know, I need some help. Or look at this next one. God, what do you want me to say right now? What am I supposed to say about this? How do I respond to this? Or look at this next one. Hey, God, thank you for this opportunity to share. Thank you for this privilege that you get. Just little short text messages with God. Look at this next one. Hey, God, show me what to do next. Okay, God, what am I supposed to do here? How am I supposed to do that? And it's just this ongoing communication with God where I'm constantly praying to God, having this conversation throughout my day, living with the awareness that God is with me, that he sees me. He knows who I really am. And the fact that I can talk to him and just say, God, what am I supposed to do about this? How do I respond to that? What am I supposed to say? Because I know that I'm not wise enough. And so many of you, when you're talking to God, you're thinking, well, what do I talk about? Well, everything. Look at Philippians 4, verse 6. The Bible is clear. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in what? Say it. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. What does that include? That includes your exam at, at school, your hamster that got lost again, what to get somebody for Christmas. It means your marriage that's just falling apart. It means how to deal with that difficult relative that you know you're going to see at Thanksgiving this year. You know what I'm talking about? And I, now if you look at me and you're like, Brother Marcus, I don't have a difficult relative. That means you are the difficult relative. Amen? Everybody has one. And if you don't know who it is, it's you. And they asked me to tell you that, so figure it out. Just eat the turkey, take a nap, leave everybody alone. Amen? No, they haven't had any kids yet. No. No, they're not married yet. Whatever it is, leave them alone, eat the turkey. But listen, you can talk to God. And he will tell you what you need. You talk to God because he's with you. God is good. He loves you. He's for you. He's with you. You can talk to him. Matter of fact, it's a shame when we don't. But what happens when we talk to him? What happens when I bring everything to him? Look at verse 7. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Some of you don't have the peace of God because you don't talk to God. You don't talk to God. You're like, man, my life is in turmoil. I, I just, my relationship with God, I know I should talk to you. know, I just have, I don't have peace. And the reason you don't have peace is because you don't talk to God. He says, bring everything. And when you bring everything, the result of that, peace. 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 Because my God is with me, I can talk to him. But, number two, write this down. That means that I need to listen to him. Alicia reminds me of this all the time. Because I'm so good at the talking. Well, good. Quantity over quality, okay? And so I'm a lot better at talking at Alicia than I am talking with Alicia, which means I have to listen, right? 
It's a two-way street. Since God is with you, you should listen to him and not just talk. Deuteronomy 30 verse 20 says that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life. You need to listen to God. What good is it going to be to go, God, what do I need to do in this situation? God, what should I say? And then when you feel like he answers, you ignore it. We should talk to God. We should listen and obey. How does God talk to us? Well, the best way, the primary way is through his word. You need to spend time in the word of God. Like I'm almost always got usually multiple, but at least one daily Bible reading plan going. Matter of fact, I finished one with a group of people this morning and it was the last day. And, um, it amazes me how often I read a, a passage of scripture. Like a, you think I've read this a hundred times. Like you almost start scanning it because you think you know it. Blah 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 blah. I know this. I know, I've read this. And when you read it, and then all of a sudden it's like the words are jumping off the page at you. It's, maybe it's something you've never seen before. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, and you see something that you never noticed before, or it's something that applies to your heart and your life. This moment, this is what I needed right now. God will speak to you through his word if you'll listen to it. And if you'll read it, you read his word and he'll speak to you. Um, God will speak to you through people. God will give you wise people. Sometimes he'll speak to you through people. God will speak to you through music. God will speak to you through circumstances. God will speak to you through his spirit. The Holy Spirit of God will prompt you and guide you and lead you. And as you talk to God, as you listen to God, you learn how to recognize the spirit of God prompting you in your life. And I, I, look, I'll challenge you to do this just... Listen, you got to do this sincerely. This isn't a trick. This isn't a magic trick. God isn't going to jump through some hoops because you want to. Have you ever heard somebody say something like, God, if you're real, make that chair move from here to here. Don't do that, okay? That's, don't do that. But, sincerely, if you want to pray for somebody, if you want to pray for people, sit down, have a pen and piece of paper, and ask God, God, who can I pray for? Who do I need to be praying for? And just ask God and be sincere and spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in his word and ask God, who can I pray for? And then when God gives you some people to pray for, write their names down. And then what do you do? You pray for them and then you sincerely pray for them. And then if you want to just get crazy, I dare you to pick up your phone and text them and say, hey man, I just prayed for you. God put you on my heart. I just felt like I needed to pray for you. I just prayed for you. I just want to let you know, man, I'm praying for you. And then you watch and see how many times when they respond back, they're going to be like, how did you know? Or, hey, man, I appreciate it. I really need that right now. I'm really going through something right now. I really needed that prayer. And it'll happen way more than you expect. So I encourage you to do that. Again, not some kind of test. Not trying to get, if you go into it like that, it's not going to happen. God is not your little show puppy to jump through your hoops. But if you do it with a sincere heart, God will answer that prayer. He's done it for me many times. So you try it. God, who can I pray for? Write their names down. Then you let them know that you're praying for them and see what a difference it makes. I look forward to getting text messages from all of you that you're praying for me. Amen? But you're going to just be like, wow, I'm talking to God. I'm hearing from God. I'm listening to God. I'm obeying God. And it'll make a difference in your life. We talk about this often here, but my goal this morning is to help you to believe it. Isaiah 30 verse 21 says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in. In other words, God is going to guide you and lead you and direct you. And because of that, because I talk to him and I listen to him, number three, write this down, I have his comfort. We just talked about it in that verse. I have that peace of God. The truth is, most of us, let's be honest, okay? Don't be like the first service. They're a bunch of hypocrites, but you're better than them. Listen. I could tell. You look so much holier and nicer. I'm just kidding. I told them. Never mind. Okay. 
Let me, let's do a survey. Me, I don't mind helping people. I like helping people. It's a blessing, isn't it? Be able to help somebody out and do something for somebody. But how many of you would be willing to admit that you have a hard time receiving help? Right? It's way easier. If you need something, let me give it to you. But if I need something, you'll probably never even find out about it. Does that make sense? Because we have a harder time receiving than we do from giving. Do you know who never has a hard time receiving? Children. Children. Kids never have a hard time receiving, right? Have you ever seen a child, like some little child, and they're just like, no mother, no father. No more presents for me. My little red wagon is enough. Give all my toys to my sister. Has that ever happened in the history of the world? No, man, that ain't going to happen. That little kid's like, fill the wagon up. Let's go, right? Because kids know how to receive. I want to tell you something. You need to learn how to receive from God. You need to talk to God. You need to listen to God. And you need to allow God to comfort you and give you the peace that only comes from him. And many times you don't because you think you're self-sufficient. You don't have what it takes. But he's got what you need. Allow him to comfort you and give you his peace. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all what? Comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. And look at Isaiah 66, verse 13. It says, it's referring to God, it says, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Now, I'm really, I don't know about you guys, I'm really grateful that the Bible says that God the Father will comfort me like a mother. Maybe that sounds weird, but let me explain this to you. I don't know what kind of dad you had growing up. I had the kind of dad that would do this. You come to my dad with a boo-boo. You're like, oh, I do. I got a boo-boo. My dad would be like, boy, I'll give you something to cry about. Anybody can relate to that? Walk it off. Rub some dirt on it. Go see your mama. Amen. Quit that crying. Walk it off. Has anybody ever said, heard that from a parent? Walk it off. Amen. Amen. And so all us tough people. And so listen, what does a mama do? Mama doesn't say rub some dirt on it. Mama don't say walk it off. Mama kisses it. Right? Oh, come here, baby. Mama kisses that better. Mama kisses. And by the way, I hope you do some germex or something after you kiss these wounds these children have. But let's, mama will kiss it and baby them, make them feel better. And oh, just your mama loves you. And, just, just, and, just, just, and your dad's like, get out of here. <laughs> your heavenly father comforts you like a mother. And the truth is, man, sometimes that's what you need. That's exactly what you need. See, the law is a taskmaster, but our Heavenly Father comforts you like a mother. Some of you, you need to begin again. You need to realize, man, and own the fact that God is good, that God loves you, God's for you, but he's with you, man, right now. If you have Christ, you've got him. And because of that, you can talk to him. You can listen to him. That means you can obey him and walk in his will. You can be comforted by him. And number four, write this down. You can actually enjoy his presence. And some of you don't even know what that's like. You can enjoy being in the presence of God. Isn't it a lot better, like for instance, in, in our house, if, somebody, see, like if uh, somebody comes in from outside and it's a beautiful sunset, like it's amazing in the colors, right? Like if I, if I see that, I'll go in the door and I'll be like, Alicia, come here. 
Look at the sunset. Isn't that awesome? Y'all ever done that? Isn't that pretty? Why? It's just better together, isn't it? When you have somebody that you love, isn't the sunset better when you get to enjoy it with somebody you care about? Have you ever been on a business trip or somewhere without your spouse or your family, right? Your, you know, your kids or whatever it is, and you see maybe something beautiful and you just think, ah, oh, I wish... She was here so she could see this. She would love this. Or I wish he could see this. I wish, right? Why? Because it's better when we're together, when you can share something. Well, matter of fact, me and Alicia, whenever we're watching like a TV show or a movie together, and we both do this, it's like a, our, our version of gotcha. And if we're sitting there enjoying watching something together, and then one of us gets on our phone, the other one will look at them and be like, get off your phone. Why? Because we're supposed to be doing this together. We're watching this movie uh, together, right? Because it's better when we do it together. When you recognize that God is good, that God loves you, that God is for you, and God is with you, that you can talk to him and you can listen to him and you can receive his comfort, then you can actually enjoy being in his presence. Some of you are still like Adam and Eve. You're running from the presence of God and you don't have to. You can enjoy being in his presence. And the next time when you're driving to work, maybe, it's a, maybe you work days, so it's the sunrise, or maybe you get off work and it's the sunset or whatever, vice versa. You can see that beautiful thing and you can say, God, look at you just showing off. You're so good because you can enjoy the presence of God. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life in your presence. Now, where's it at? In his presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Solomon said in Proverbs 8, verse 30, he says, I was uh, daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, right? He is with me. You can have a moment with God. Now, here's why this is important, guys, to recognize that you're with God in a moment. Because if you can live in this moment right now with the knowledge, right, that God loves you, that he's for you, that he is good, and that you are in his presence, that he is always with you. If you can live this moment with that knowledge, that means that you can talk to him, that you can listen to him, that he can comfort you, and you can rejoice in his goodness, in his grace, and in his mercy. But if you can do that for this moment, that moment can become a minute, that minute can become an hour, that hour can become a day, that day can become a week, that week can become a month, and that month can become a year, and it can become a lifetime of living daily aware of the presence of God in your life, day by day, enjoying his presence, knowing that he's with you, that he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, he'll never turn his back on you, that he loves you, and he's for you, and he is good and he is with you forever. Not just this everywhere, all-powerful, almighty being that he is. Not, but not just that, some abstract thought. But the reality, God is with me right now. And he paid a price. It cost to get in. And there was a price to be paid. And Jesus Christ paid that price on Calvary. That is our God. When we come to him in childlike faith, we can know that he is good, that he is for us, that he loves us, and he is with us forever. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray that you would just bless your people with the knowledge of your presence. Lord, I just pray that they would live a life of acknowledging that you are with them. God, that you will never leave us, never turn your back on us. God, you have given us everything we need for this life and for holiness. And we're grateful. Listen, guys, every head bowed, every eye closed. Be respectful of those around you. Those of you this morning, you're saved. You know that you're a believer. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside. You're right. You know it. And you know that you're saved. 
But maybe somewhere in your heart, you've begun to live in such a way that you're not really living in that reality. You're not living in the reality that God is good and that God loves you and he's for you and he is with you. Right? You've kind of distanced yourself somehow, some way, in your heart, in your mind, and in your life. And you recognize right now that, you know what, I can talk to God about everything. And I can listen to him and he'll lead me and guide me. And he'll give me that peace that I need. Right? He'll comfort me. And I can enjoy him forever. And if that's your prayer this morning, simply, simply that, you know what, I want to live life in the awareness of the presence of God, moment by moment. Would you just slip your hand up real quick so we can pray for all of us all over, all over, all over. Let's pray together. Father God, I just thank you for those today who want to be aware of the gift of your presence. God, that we'll never take Emmanuel for granted. God with us. Lord, I just pray that we're aware of your goodness and your grace, even in difficult times. God, I just, I pray that we would enjoy you. And that we can rejoice before you day after day, knowing that you love us and that you're with us. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Uh, pray for your neighbors. Listen, for the next moment, if, if it's not an emergency, nobody leave this room. If you're here this morning and you don't know for sure that Jesus Christ has saved you and redeemed you, that you've turned from your sin and you've been forgiven and you don't know that God is with you in this moment. You can know. Look up for just a second, guys. Listen, there's something that separates you from God. See, this message is for believers. But if you've never trusted Christ, you don't know what I'm talking about because your sin is separating you from God. It's created distance between you and God. But God is still good. God still loves you, and God is still for you. And he's for you so much that he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to bridge that gap that you can never make on your own. See, because you're a sinner, you sin, you do things, man. You lie, you, you've, you, you've hurt people. You, I mean, think about it. You don't even keep promises to yourself. January 1st will prove that once again. You make promises and you break them. And you've made promises to God and you've broken nose. You tried to make deals and all this stuff. Nothing has worked. And the reason is because you've never really surrendered your life to Jesus. Not really. You've kind of been bargaining and you've kind of been shuffling the deck, but you've not really surrendered. And now's the time. And that's why you're so tired. That's why you don't have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Because you're doing it on your own. Look, guys, I'm going to pull this Bible verse up. Pull that last verse up. The Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Guys, the only way you're ever going to find the rest that you need is in Christ Jesus. And the only way that starts is when you turn to him. You stop trying to do the work on your own. You stop laboring and you trust his finished work at Calvary for you. Let's pray one more time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Be respectful of those around you. You're here right now. You know that you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God has you here right now for this moment. This is your moment to trust him. And just to give it up, man. No more promises. No more deals. No more compromise. God, I just surrender my life to you. And you know that you need to receive Christ. Listen, every head bowed, every eyes closed. I just want to. And Kirk, I want to lead you in a prayer to receive Christ. I just want to pray with you. If you're here right now, I just want you to know, I'm not going to single you out. I will not embarrass you. You've probably been here before. You know we don't do that. I'm not going to do that to you. 
but I do want the privilege of praying with you and praying for you. So if you're here right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, and you want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior right now, this moment, would you just slip your hand up just for a second? God bless you. I see you. I see you. I see you in the back. Who else? I see you in the back. Put your hands down. Listen, right now, in this moment, there's nothing special about this prayer. It's not a password. It's not some key to unlock a door. It's just you surrendering your life to Christ. Maybe you could pray these words. You could pray something like this and simply say, Father God, I'm a sinner. Tell them. Say, Lord, I sin. You know it. I do it. But Lord, I turn from my sin and I'm turning to Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Tell them. Say, Lord, I'm putting my faith in your death, burial, and resurrection for my salvation. I'm trusting you, not me. Your goodness, not mine. Save me, Jesus. All of me, I surrender to all of you. Save me, Jesus. Listen, Scripture is clear. It says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Did you call on them? Then you just received the Holy Spirit. God is going to be with you for the rest of your life, living on the inside. And I want to encourage you uh, to make that decision public. Because if you listen to God, the first thing God's going to tell you to do is follow through and be baptized. You need to be baptized. Maybe you're here this morning and you've prayed that prayer at some other service, some other time, and you know that you need to follow through with baptism. I want to encourage you to be obedient and do what God has called you to do. Once you come this morning during the invitation, we'll pray with you and rejoice with you. We'll schedule that time for you. But you need to be obedient. Maybe you're here and this morning you recognize that your salvation or your baptism are out of whack. So many people walking out and get baptized and then sometimes later they realize, oh, I wasn't really saved. I'm, I just gave my heart to Christ. And if that's you, that's nothing to be ashamed of, but you need to be baptized. You need to have that in the right order in order to be obedient to God. Once you come this morning and we rejoice with you and pray with you. Maybe you're here this morning and you recognize that God is calling you to Grace Baptist Church. This is your church, family. This is your church. And God's called you here to serve right here at Grace. And it's time for you to make it official. Why don't you come this morning, put on the jersey and be a part of the team and grow right here at Grace. If God is calling you to do it, do it. Maybe there's something else on your heart or on your mind this morning that you need to give to God. I want to encourage you to use this invitation. Use this moment to listen to God. And then have the courage to be obedient to what he calls you to do. Father God, we surrender this invitation to you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me? You come. Don't wait. Every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord.